0: Hello and welcome to Up The Villa podcast and it is opposition preview time and I am taking the helm this week and I am very pleased to be joined today by my very good friend Chidge who is a member of the Chelsea Supporters Trust board, a CFC UK fanzine and most importantly Chelsea Fancast. Uh, a channel that I've been lucky enough to be on for a couple of years now. And they are a fantastic channel and a fantastic bunch of guys. So the roles are reversed today. I know I'm entering yours tomorrow for a chat about the, the reverse of this um, villa. Talking about the villa. So it's lovely to see you, Gigi. How
1: are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not bad at all. Because, uh, you know, I was at the bridge last night to see us absolutely wallop. Middlesbrough. I was trying to think when was the last time we scored six goals? So, yeah. So I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm basking in the reflected glory of uh, of a good performance and another another Wembley final for us, which I didn't predict at the beginning of the season. So that's great. Yeah,
0: it was. It was. It, I did watch that obviously game because of us playing you on Friday, especially. And I did wonder how how strong you would go. Um would you, was you pleased with the team
1: selection on that
0: one? With obviously bearing in mind we've got you on the Friday.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, a couple of things, mate. I mean, I mean, he has actually tended to, to, to pick his strongest side most of the time, which I'm always in favour of in a cup competition. I don't believe in, oh, let's just play all the kids because it's only the Caribou Cup. Oh, you know, you go into a competition, you want to win it. We've got a fantastic track record in all of these cup competitions. So you've got to take it seriously. The other thing is, I think he's had to do it because we've had so many injuries. So I don't think he's had much yeah. choice. And the third thing is, we've been so, you know, up and down and rubbish for, for a lot of this season. I'd rather see him playing a, a settled team so they can actually get used to each other and, and, and you know, try and get some form together. So for all of those reasons, I wasn't surprised to see it, but I was glad to see it.
0: Yeah, so, so moving on to sort of the manager, um, he's he obviously took, took the reins and and, and this season it's been a bit up and down and sort of the starters was a bit dodgy. So what what are your thoughts on Potch and and how he's gone about it this season?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, after the Middlesbrough match, there were a lot of rumblings, you know, the the, the hashtag Potch out uh, stuff was going on on social media. I mean, look, I'm I'm, I'm for him. I'm I'm backing him totally because I really think that uh, at the time we hired him, I think he was about the best we could get. And I know people might laugh at that, but, you know, he's he's got Premier League experience. Um, you know, he, he did well at Tottenham. He got them in the top four. He got them to a Champions League final. So he's got Champions League experience. He's managed a big club uh, with big stars in PSG. So I think if you add all of that together, I don't think there were many people who I think would have been better for Chelsea at that time. I mean, you can talk about Luis Enrique and all of those guys. None of them have managed in the Premier League, so you don't quite know what you're going to get. So, you know, I think he was the best manager we could get at the time. And I think he's had a terrible, terrible time because, you know, we have, I mean, you know, Newcastle bleat on about their injuries, but we've averaged about 10 injury, you know, players out injured for most of the season. He's lost um, Nkunku, who was his kind of big buy in the summer, who was supposed to kind of gel it all together up front. Uh, we've had maybe like a game and a half out of him. He's lost Reese James. I mean, last night against Fulham, uh, Ben Chilwell started for the first time this season. And he just looked a class above everybody else on the pitch. So you've been missing these kind of calibers of players. So he's had a tough time. You've got you set that against the whole backdrop of the club, Com- fundamentally changing since the owners the new owners came along i mean it's it's unrecognizable to the club it was under roman uh, yeah. so he, he's really been up against it he's not been blameless justin i mean some of his some of his you know tactical stuff is questionable i mean playing Colwell at left back when he's not really a left back you know some of his selections have been a bit weird but i think he's i think he's done pretty well in a very tough job and now of course he's got to a wembley final Hopefully, that will take the pressure off him. I mean, we need to win it, obviously, but getting there in the state yeah. that we're in is not a bad thing at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been following you, obviously, on and off all season. And, and it, the last few weeks, especially, there does seem to be the first semblance of, of a real structure to the side, um, the way you're playing. I think that the team selections, whilst you have had a lot of injuries, has definitely settled down a little bit so do you feel that that's the case
1: well hopefully i mean seeing shawell come back is is great news um it'd be nice to have Reese james back because you know that this is what's happened i think you you know you, you're seeing a lot of players being played out of position and it and it just doesn't help i mean you know talking about whether whether you back potch or not i think i think most chelsea supporters that i know seem to have more of an issue with the players because a lot of them just don't seem good enough i mean uh, you know, to, to case in point last night, Chilwell comes back, he looks so much better than what we've got. And you're thinking, well, why on earth do we buy half of these players? They're just not good enough, you know. And that's really hard for Chelsea supporters of a certain vintage to see when, you know, the last 20 years, we've seen some absolutely superb world-class players at the club. And now you've got kids who may or may not be good enough and at the moment don't look good enough. So it's
0: tough. Yeah, I mean, from a sort of outsider's point of view as a football fan looking at Chelsea the the sort of it seems to be like a pretty scattergun approach to transfers I mean we've seen huge amounts of money spent over two or three windows I think since Todd Bowley's come in and it hasn't always seemed like it's joined up thinking it's just seemed to be like, like you know we'll go and get him, we'll go and get him, we'll go and get him. And then hopefully the manager can sort of gel all that together. Um, yeah. How have you seen the recruitment strategy like, change since Bowley's come in?
1: Well, I think it's absolutely bonkers. I mean, it's a massive gamble. You, the, the, you, you, you basically look, I mean, you know, if you're Brighton, it's a great strategy, you know, because there's no pressure and expectation on you. So they, they've spent a billion quid, which is way too much. They've overpaid for most of the players. Nearly all of them are unproven in the Premier League or Champions League. They're all very young, so you know that they're going to be inconsistent anyway. Um, and then you go beyond that, and and you 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 look at the team and you think, where's the height and the physicality in this team? Why didn't anybody think of that yeah. one? And then you go, um, you know, it's just just lots of crazy stuff like that. And I mean, it, it looks to me very much like, like you said, actually, it, it's it's there's no joined up thinking there. There's no kind of you know what? What kind of football does the manager want to play? You know, is is are we a, are we a passing out from the backside possession type side, or are we a counter attack side? That it just it looks like a lot of players who kind of can fit a lot of different systems, but not necessarily the one that we need.
0: Yeah, well, that leads me on to my next point. Luckily. He's what would villa what do we expect to see from villa from a Chelsea side this week how do you expect them to play and and what is your style would you say after watching them under poch for
1: for almost a season there yeah well that that's the criticism that's ba- mainly been leveled at Poch that we don't seem to yeah. have any sort of an identity or a playing style um you know Poch was very much known at tottenham wasn't he for 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 high pressing aggressive pressing and you know a lot of kind of counter attacking um, You know, we, we've got some very nippy wingers, but it's, you know, it's not easy for Chelsea to be a counter-attacking side because most teams are going to play on a low block against us. And of course, a lot of the yeah. teams that have been successful this season against us have just sat there with five at the back, four in midfield to break us down. And we don't have the kind of players who are capable. Of, we don't have an Eden Hazard anymore. who can just win a game on his own. So we labour against that, passing it side to side, to side, to side if we do get widening we get round you which is one way to deal with it who do we have up who do we have up front we don't have a, a a meaty number 9 who can you know get on the end of a cross you know uh we don't get enough players in the box anyway uh you know there are not enough deep runs coming from midfield where you might be the you know the spare man that that can break that block so it's just there is no style or identity but i i think that that's you know that's as much as the kind of players that we that have been brought into the side as well as any shortcomings for Pochettino. Um, I mean, last night was really odd because they kind of uh, you know, they were quite slow and laboured at the beginning. Borough kept their shape and Borough also had a bit of a go for the first kind of 10 15 minutes. Then we got the goal, and you know, as so often happens, everything changed. And then we were 4 up by half time, the games won really, started bringing on a lot of kids. But what was really interesting was in the beginning of the second half. Everybody was pressing really aggressively, and they hadn't been at all in the first half. I mean, what you tend to get with Chelsea is you get maybe one player presses and then the other one forgets, which is not going to work. You know, if you're going to play the pressing game, you've all got to do it. But they all did that in the second half. And I'm thinking, they're 4 0 up. Why have they gonna done that? I mean, it just seems, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just like, what? I don't get it. So, yeah, you know, I mean, they do like to build from the back. Um, Petrovich. I mean Sanchez you know takes more risks than he he does which is why he tends to have a rick every every game he plays whereas Petrovic I think has proven a really good keeper but he's not as good as you know being like you know uh the libero if you like and like playing out spraying it around and you know getting it getting all the attacks going he he quite often goes long but I, I quite like that because I like mixing it up I'm not a I'm not a massive possession for the sake of it supporter it's You know, for me, it's about winning games and scoring goals any way you can. You know, and I I think Pep's got a lot to answer for because I've yet to see many defensive (laughs) people that are really, really good at keeping possession and playing out from the back, particularly if they're put under pressure. And that's the other thing that you can get Chelsea with. You know, if you put them under pressure by really aggressively pressing, they will make a mistake, that defence. So, you know, low block aggressive pressing and catching us on the counter. If you want to beat Chelsea, that's the way to do it.
0: Right, I'll get that over to uh, Udai immediately then and
1: let him know. I think he <laughs> might have thought of <laughs> this already, Justin, just a hunch.
0: <laughs> Probably. I like to think he would have done, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, looking to, towards the game at the weekend, obviously, what what would you say the, the, the sort of key players will be for you um, against Villa? And Who would you like to sort of see playing
1: against us? That's a good question, actually, because I think, frankly, they've all got to be on their game. You're a good side this season. Very, very good side. I've been really, really impressed with what Uno Uno Emery's done. And, you know, you know, bearing in mind, uh, he was uh, an Arsenal manager and and delighted us that we took the mick out of him while he was there because he was going horribly wrong. You know, and he had his you know difficulty with English, the whole good evening thing. So he was a, a wonderful figure of comedy for Chelsea supporters but you know he's clearly a very good manager you don't win what was it four uh, europa league cups on the spin yeah yeah you know you don't do that if you're not a good manager but what he's done at villa has been i mean it's almost like the uh the complete opposite of what's going on at chelsea you know you've got you've got a, a reasonably established squad of players and you brought in a decent manager who's very very quickly you know, translated to the players how he wants them to play, got them organised and got them playing really, really well. And bloody hell, you're, you're in the top four. I mean, you know, huge respect to him, huge respect to him, you know. But, uh, yeah, so it's going to be tough for us. We're really up against it here, I think, which I, I can't think of too many times in a home FA Cup match, you know, even against the big sides in the past, where I thought, oh, ooh, this is going to be quite tough. But I think it will be, you know, because uh, they're a good side. But, yeah, as far as we're concerned, yeah, they've all got to turn up. I think the absolute key will be the defence. You know, Ti- Thiago Silva, I- I'm presuming he might well go with the same side. Because uh, yeah. Gusto's out injured. So, as Middlesbrough. I'd, well, pretty much. I don't know. I mean, I don't yeah. know about up front yet. But, I mean, I'm just thinking of the defence first. If Chilwell's got got it in him to start a second match after four days, that's the worry for me. But I think if he starts, we looked so much better because Colwell could play in central defense where he's better. But if you got if you got you know the central defense ticking, that's good. Although, you know, I do worry about Ollie Watkins. Um, the best midfield we've got is is normally Connor Gallagher, Enzo Fernandez, and Moises uh, Caicedo. Um, he 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 didn't play God Connor last night. Connor came in in the second half, but if they play well. You know, they're good enough to dominate a lot of midfields, you know, that you're going to come up against. So they've got to be on it. But I've seen them where they've completely not been on it. I mean, within the last month, I've seen that. Um, Palmer is probably the key to us. He's our match winner, I think, whether he's creating or scoring. So Palmer's got to have a good game. But the trouble is everybody else that you are like to put up front is very hot and cold. You know, Sterling turns up when he feels like it. Massive disappointment for 350 grand a week and the reputation yeah. he has. Massive disappointment. Doesn't impose himself on, on a game, invariably. Last night, did great, but against a pretty poor borough side. So yeah. he turn up and have a big game. Mudrick, well, I don't know. I mean, Mudrick reminds me of of the kid, you know, when you, you play football at school and you'd pick a kid because he was really, really fast. And you played him yeah. and you realized he didn't actually know how to play football. <laughs> I mean, that's Mudrick.
0: He reminds me of a Dharma right? M-
1: Mudrick does. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: enormously quick, but an absolutely awful end product.
1: Yeah, exactly that. Uh, Brozier, I mean, pff, I don't know what's going on with him. He's a young kid, but he had that horrible injury. I don't know if that's still playing at the back of his mind, but his confidence is on the floor. So, you know, that's our only fit striker apart from. David Washington, who's like, who, who the hell is he? You know. So, uh, and you got Madueke, who again blows very hot and cold. Is inexperienced, got a lot of talent, but you know, will give the ball away, will fall over too easily, you know. But can can score an amazing goal, you know. So, but he's very mercurial. So, I think that, that the issues we've got are still very much, you know, who's playing up front. But if the defence is solid and they're on their game and don't make stupid mistakes, if Moises and Enzo and Connor can, uh, you know, impose themselves on the game, then, you know, you'll have a tough match.
0: Yeah. Yeah, You've been linked with one of our players, actually, a a, a little bit, not the strongest of links, but um, uh, uh, Duran, John Duran. Duran, Duran.
1: I thought i had been linked with John Taylor. <laughs>
0: yes, not not not
1: yet. You might be better off with John Tyler, to be honest. Well, who knows? Um, I mean, is he, and, is, yeah. people rate him. I mean, I've heard other people that are interested in him, and they rate him. Um, he's a bit of an
0: enigma, if I'm honest. Yeah. I think there's there's been a few bits and bobs coming out, of villain or unconfirmed that 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 he, he's. Not, I'm not going. I'm not going to say trouble, Mike. I'm not, I don't think that is. He's very young. He's very green. He's very. He's very keen. As well, and and you can tell he just wants to play, but but obviously the way we're playing, he, he's not really getting many minutes. He gets minutes off the bench or and stuff, he, and when he does start games, he, he gets taken off, and he, you can see he's incredibly frustrated. He's he's a very he's like an unpolished diamond, you know. There's a lot of potential there for his age, yeah. but when he comes off the bench, he's either I think Villa fans think he's either going to score an absolute beauty or he's going to get sent off. That's the sort of the, the two ends right. to Duran. He's he's very impetuous. Um, so I just wondered what, what you thought, and, and whether you'd heard anything at your end that, that there was anything there.
1: Uh, only kind of the odd rumor. I mean, I mean, we need bodies up front. I mean, Jackson's away at Afcon. Yeah, and I mean, I've got to say, Justin, have you missed him? It's a really good question. I, I think he's pony. I'll leave it at that. But yeah. I mean, you know, he he takes more touches than than I would, for God's sake. I mean, there's something very wrong about him as as a striker. But I think in mitigation, two things. One is he's not a number nine. He plays off the striker. So, and that's why he was really bought. He's had to play number nine because, you know, we just don't have anybody. And also he scored a decent amount of goals for his first time in the Premier League. So... You know, at the end of the day, if you're a striker, you're paid to score goals, and that's what he's done. So I would mitigate it with that. Uh, Brozier, as I said, just isn't firing at all. Looks absolutely bereft of confidence. I mean, Pochettino was saying about him the other week that he's got to smile and enjoy it a bit more. And he, you do see him, and he gets at himself if he misses an easy chance and whatever. So I think you not, might you, you would question his mentality as well. If he's really, you know, is he up to it at this level? Um so, you know, that's that's we need people. But what we don't need, absolutely, completely and utterly, 100,000% don't need, is another bloody inexperienced footballer in the Premier League who's about 21 or 22. We need a war horse, you know? We need a, a warrior. Yeah. We need somebody who's about 28, 29, who's been there and done it, knows how to play the game.
0: Has, has Benzema been linked with you? I know he's been sort of hawked around a few clubs.
1: Um, well, again, again, yeah, I mean... Vaguely, but you, I mean, I, I, you know what I'm like. I, I tend to ignore all the rumors until they turn up and I see them play at a Bridge and they go, Oh, right, okay, yeah. you know. So, I mean, Benzema yeah. of, of that sort of um,
0: quality and sort of, of, of history and, and experience, is well, that what you're sort yeah. of alluding to rather than like going out and send, signing the next big thing from whoever at 70 yeah. million pounds and, and hoping they're going to turn out to be the, the man?
1: Well, that's that's been the strategy at the club. And it's why we're in the pickle that we are in. You know, and this is why there's such a disconnect, excuse me, <clears throat> such a disconnect between the supporters and the club. Because, yeah, you know, we don't want to wait two or three years before we are or before we're any good or we're back in Europe. We've been used to being in it every year. So why should we You've been be spoiled?
0: Chich. You've been yeah, spoiled. Yeah, we have.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. I mean, no, I won't lie. Yeah. I'm, I'm as entitled as. You know, all yeah, the people yeah. that you expect to be entitled, who are the kids. But remember, you know, I was also there when we were absolutely rubbish in the 70s and, yeah. and the yeah. early 80s. So I don't see why I should have to suffer it again, you know. So <laughs> it's, it's an experiment. like a true fad. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's an experiment. Why should I be subject to their experiment? The team, yeah. the squad, is crying out for experience and leadership. And the reason they don't have experience and leadership because of the direct recruitment strategy of the club.
0: Yes. So, sort of so leading away from that, or on from that, shall I say, are are you worried about the FFP, and, and you're worried about these charges that are sort of coming down the line? You, you seem to be in a bit of a... I mean, I don't really know that well, but, you know, you seem to have Forrest and Everton, who are a breached FFP, and then you seem to have Man City, who've got 100-odd charges against them, where do you think that this leaves Chelsea with? With what seems to be coming
1: down the line for you as well? Well, we're, what we're being investigated for are infractions on FFP uh, under Roman's time. That uh, Clearlake, right. clearly so
0: historical ones, yeah,
1: yeah. Clearlake discovered it, I think, in their due diligence, and I think I'm led to believe they put uh, about a hundred million away. To cover any fines as a result of anything that they turned up so these are not current issues they're all historical however that doesn't mean that i'm not worried about what might be coming because but it's it's not because i think that we've uh, broken ffp yet i mean we've, we've got the issue obviously over the last two or three years but i think a lot of that can be written down to to well covid to a degree but more more seriously down to the sanctions where we were just denied any income for about six months so if we get penalized because of that then that is just outrageous frankly because the government forced that on the club so to get penalized yeah. for that yeah. would be very unfair i think the other issue everybody talks about this if you're not i mean be interesting to hear what you think because this is kind of what we get from from other fans is that well you spent a billion quid how can you not you know be falling foul fall fall of ffp well we're not yet But that billion's been spent on the basis that we get into the Champions League, right? And we increase our commercial revenue. So I would say we are at risk if we don't get into the Champions League and we don't increase the commercial revenue. And, of course, we might not get into the Champions League. And if you're playing rubbish, your fans aren't going to spend as much money. It's as simple as. So they won't improve the commercial revenue. And, of course, that means that what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to sell all the homegrown talent that we've got that we love very dearly? People like Conor Gallagher, people like Brozier, people like Chaloba. We, you know, Matson's gone. You know, so, and then you'll get an even bigger disconnect between the club and the supporters yeah. because they're saying, "Why are you selling these guys that we want to see make it and break through into the club who are actually all right?" You know, again, we're having to sell it because you screwed up because you spent yeah. a billion yeah. quid on a load of, you know, no marks who haven't turned up and delivered.
0: Yeah, it, do, it does feel a bit like a, a game of roulette, really, where they've just they've played the hand and they've, they've, they've put all the money on one on one number, and they're hoping that, that it's going to pay off by you know regaining the Champions League positions. Because if yeah. it doesn't, you know, I know they've used amortisation, I think it is uh, with the likes of Mudrić, so giving him a really long contract, which has now been they're not allowed to do that anymore. So you're stretching these these huge transfer fees over eight, seven, eight, nine years which helps obviously with FFP in the short term. But what that comes down the line in the long term is the commercial revenue that Chelsea have always been used to uh, by being in the Champions League and by being in London, which obviously brings in these huge revenues by allowing to sell it to corporates and and boxes and all these things. That's when the problem will come. So I think like you're right. I think if if nothing changes, if you have another 18 months, two, three years of, of sort of sitting around where you are outside of all European competitions. I think there's a big problem coming down the line, but I, I think Todd's barely sort of played his hand early by going big in the transfer market, and it could backfire dramatically in, say, 18 months' time. Do you agree?
1: I totally, totally agree with that. I mean, exactly. They've taken a massive punt. They've taken a gamble, which is what these kind of people, they're all hedge fund uh, capital uh, you know, investors and financiers. That's what they do. They're punters. You know, and they've taken a massive punt, and it might not go right. And you know, talking about uh, increasing the commercial revenue, I mean, they've they've cut back uh, throughout the club on a lot, a lot of, a lot of things. You know, there've been cutbacks all over the place, staff, you name it. Um, they're well, I mean, I, I think inevitably they will increase the season ticket prices. I mean, it's not confirmed yet, but given that Roman froze them for all but one of it, you know, of something like 12 years in a row. He he never increased them. I mean, I I see a lot of this creating an even bigger disconnect with the supporters. I mean, they're already, you know, kind of ramping up prices all around the ground. They're looking at variable pricing. They've got this ridiculously stupid dugout club thing where all the seats around the dugout are now sold at a massive premium, like a grand, and you get a bit of hospitality with it. You know, so it's really annoying the supporters, and then you. I, mean, I don't know if you're aware of this, but they had a um, they're, they're, they're obviously some film company paid them lots of money so they could promote the film during a match. You had all these guys in the dugout club brushing their teeth and reading books. I mean, what's that all about? They had they had a they had. Oh, a sorry, of- Gigi, is, is that a thousand pound per game? I know I'm not sure the exact price, it might be about 600 quid for a seat there and a bit Each of hospital. game for a game, yeah, yeah. yeah. wow. So this is because going there's,
0: a bit, there's a sort of bit of a thing going on with Villa fans at the moment with obviously how we've sort of improved over the last, quickly improved into Champions League positions. But we're now seeing a point where, where the commercial revenue has got to catch up very quickly to the likes of Chelsea and, and fans aren't happy with it. You know, we're nowhere near the levels what you've just explained there with a £600 ticket beyond the dugout. So it just shows you that if you don't have success on the pitch, there are very few avenues then to increase your revenue. Well, I mean, and it's the fans know, that always take it in the neck at the end of the day.
1: Well, they are and a lot of us are, are a bit old, you know, we're a bunch of old farts. I mean, we've got the highest um age of uh season ticket holder in the Premier League. I mean, the, the I think it's my age funny enough. I'm 58. So, uh, you know, it's 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 old. So, we're we're you know, we're a bunch of grumpy old gits, so we don't like change. We don't like anything, you know, vaguely new. Um so you're going to get a lot of grumbling. And, I mean, the thing is that Chelsea are, 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 are way behind um, a lot of uh, a lot of other Premier League clubs in terms of, uh, you know, the way they commercialise everything. And I think a lot of this was because Roman... I mean, they did try a lot. I mean, it's not like they didn't do anything commercial, but I don't think Roman was ever that bothered, you know, because it was for him it was all about the game, you know. Yeah, so uh, I'm just trying to find especially- out what...
0: Especially Sorry, when you look at what happened at, at, at Spurs as well. I mean, I've been to the new stadium this season at Tottenham and it is incredible, you know. that The two years they've spent away seems like very, very well spent, you know, the, yeah. the stadium is phenomenal and, their, and their, their sort of income now is has gone stratosphere. So we're all sort of playing catch-up to that level now, aren't we?
1: Well, we are, and I mean, you know, the, I think I mean I kind of mentioned it a minute ago when uh, when Roman was in charge. It felt, it, I mean, it wasn't because I think you could say that uh, this has always been the case uh, since the Premier League years. You know, it's it is about the money, whether we like it or not. But I think since the new lot have come in, we're all we're all very 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 aware that uh, it's all about the money. It's an abs- It's not a football club anymore. It's a business no. slash global brand. So yeah, and they're going to do everything that they can to uh, to expedite that. And, you know, as I said, it's just another example of the disconnect between, uh, you know, the supporters and, and, and the people that are running the club. I'm desperately trying to find the uh, the prices for the dugout club. <laughs> I can't, but I think, I yeah, think that's maybe, right. maybe not a grand, but I think maybe 600. Certainly. I mean, we're charging, we've got this area called Westview, which is in the middle of the upper tier of the West stand. And they, I mean, actually this wasn't, the Clear Lake who did that. This this is under Roman. They basically, you know, grabbed hold of the middle t- uh, middle section of that and tripled the season ticket prices. And what you get is access to a bar. That's it. That's it. Wow. So did you have for a seat.
0: Do you, do you see um, a stadium rebuild for Chelsea?
1: Well, that's a good question. I mean, I mean, you know. I like Stanford Bridge as it is. I, I won't lie. I've been I've been sat in my seat uh, since that stand was built. Uh, so you know, well, actually, the bit that I'm sitting in was built kind of later on. But that's neither here nor there. So, and I've obviously been going for many, 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 many years before that. So I love it as it is. But the reality, the commercial reality, and the competitive reality is, is that if you're, you know, we're we, we I think we get about eighty odd million a year from uh, ticket sales. Arsenal and Spurs are getting 125. You've got a 55 million quid a year mismatch going on. Long term, that's yeah. not do you any good. So the commercial reality, the football reality, is that we need a bigger stadium so that we, we can yes. generate more money. The big issue really is uh, do they knock it all down and build a new one there or do they relocate? There are very few places to relocate, if any, that are nearby. The only one that that people are talking about is Earl's Court. Earl's Court is uh, owned by the Earl's Court Development Company. And there's a big planning uh, application that's gone in for a big residential and uh, retail uh, kind of uh, expanse there. It's a huge site. Uh, It's more than big enough to, to, you know, much bigger footprint than Stamford Bridge. So it'd be perfect for a football club. And actually, it's probably the only location that would be acceptable to a majority of supporters because it's in the manner you can go to the same pubs very important yes yes um, yes oh, i totally agree but whether the club will be able to you know somehow intervene and get planning permission away from the e- Ells court development company uh, and get it from what is probably going to be a labor council who they can't pay backhanders to, allegedly, um, you know, it (laughs) looks very, very, very hard on the surface for that to happen. So the more likely uh, um, plan would be to rebuild Stamford Bridge. It's not cost effective or even practically effective to do it stand by stand like Liverpool have done. So you'd have to knock it all down and rebuild it from scratch. They've just bought uh, the place called it's called it's called the stole foundation so it's a it's a wonderful charity that looks after homeless uh veterans in fact actually on on the supporters trust we do a sleep out every year to uh yeah. and, and the money we make from that goes to them so we have got a good relationship with them they've just bought them out because their facilities are getting old and they want somewhere shiny and new but that would actually give us a bigger footprint so it's me- making right. it more possible to actually have a new stadium there but justin this is going to cost I'd say a billion, maybe two to do. And it's going to take five years minimum to do it. And that's from when you start. And there is no plan. There is no planning application. Nothing has gone in. And, you know, you have to you have to say, okay, we trust that their intentions are honourable. But, you know, I'm old enough to remember uh, Marla Estates, who were the, the people who owned the ground before Ken Bates. And they were trying to flog the, the club and the ground. We were going to become Fulham Park Rangers, all that nonsense, you know, <laughs> merch with them. And they wanted to sell the, the real estate because it's prime real estate in Chelsea, it's worth a fortune. Yeah. And that's why Ken Bates uh, basically invented the Chelsea Pitch Owners. So the Chelsea Pitch Owners, and I am a share in the Chelsea Pitch Owners, we basically own the freehold to the ground and the name Chelsea FC. So nothing can happen to that ground unless there's a vote and 75% of Chelsea pitch owners, you know, agree to whatever, you know, is being tabled. And, it, and we're the only club in the league that have this, that have this protection. It's absolutely bloody brilliant. If you want mm. to thank M Bates for anything as a Chelsea supporter, it's this. And frankly... That's phenomenal. Yeah. Power
0: to the fans.
1: Yeah, exactly. And frankly, when when you've got a bunch of, you know, American financial money men, hedge funders in charge. And one of them on the board is a property developer and a Spurs fan, I hasten to add. I don't really trust them, Justin.
0: No, <laughs> um, I don't blame you. Yeah, I mean, you're in a very similar position to us, stadium-wise. You know, you need a bigger stadium. You look at what's happening with the Everton stand- Stadium, Um well, obviously, the Spurs stadium, you know, City's been expanded a few times. Now I'm sure that you know United you know, have got Jim Radcliffe in that that's going to be done as well. So you've got to, and we have to find a way to expand the stadium. Otherwise, you just stand still. It's it's a, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a nightmare situation. But we're very similar position to you again. Is the you've got all the the houses around, and, and our footprint can't really. You know, grow much bigger than it currently is, so it's, it's another thing that's been swirling around Villa with, with this improvement. And where we are is that that's coming down the line at some point, and something has to give
1: it's a great ground, Villa Park. I mean, it's an absolutely, I'm actually planning to get, I'm going to hopefully get tickets for the away, uh, the away leg, uh, the away uh, match this season. It's a great ground, but will actually I, finally
0: meet up, Chidge.
1: Well, I know. I was thinking of that. Cause I'll, start, <laughs> I'll start with my mate who lives in the jury quarter. So uh, I'm trying I'm going to try and get Smashing him to actually. But anyway, yeah, it's a great <laughs> ground. And I, I hear you saying it's a difficulty with the footprint because you're also in the middle of the community like we are. Yeah. But there's something, you, you know, Roman's original plan was to uh, to build down, and he had to do that. Yes. Because we I can't saw build, that, yeah. yeah. You have to it's have height, a view isn't it? Yeah,
0: from Richmond yeah, Hill. Yeah. To Is it, pool. Richmond Hill, that's it. Yeah, I saw yeah. that, of yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So what a strange quirk again.
1: Yeah, so we've got a, a, an additional problem that you just can't build up. You know, you can't build bigger right. stands up like Liverpool did, for example. But I'm wondering whether you might be able to do that. You might be able to. You know, the footprint might be big enough. Potentially, to it like that.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's it's something I think that will come to the fore over the next twelve months. I think. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just conscious I've kept you for long enough. Just right, give you, give me one more thought then about the the, the game on Friday. Quick thought on the Villa. I know you've covered us a little bit, and how you think it's going to go.
1: Well, as I said, I think I think you know the, the two standouts. Well, three standouts for me at Villa: uh, a Martinez, who I think is world class and a pain in the ass. Um,
0: Spot he's, on he's, on both counts.
1: Yeah, he, he's 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 you know I love him. For, I mean, if he was on my side, I'd love him. If he's not, you'd hate him. Yep. He's a yep. damn good keeper. Um, John McGinn. John McGinn you wouldn't have thought that would you but I think he, he 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 makes villa tick and he's an irritant as well he's aggressive I like that yeah and and he scores goals uh you know against us particularly and Ollie Watkins is frightening he's a good striker and he's got pace to burn he knows how to finish as well so those are my three worries about Villa I think for us we've got to be rock solid at the back you know I mean we a lot of times we've conceded this season are through errors that were avoidable. You know, poor marking, poor positioning, poor touch, clueless de- Keystone Cops defending. If you want to win against teams like Villa, you can't afford to do that. So that's they've got to be solid. As I said, the midfield need to impose themselves on the game, and the main thing, Justin, for Chelsea Football Club at the moment, somebody needs to put the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> you know,
0: well, I we hope they do on Friday. Do it. <laughs> But you've got, you know, you've got a big game coming up next week. We've got yeah. when we've got Newcastle on Tuesday, but you yeah. go away to Liverpool on Wednesday. So, yeah. you know, lots and lots of big games coming up. So, I'll, I'll, one last thing, then, Chidge, give me a prediction. I know what this prediction is going
1: to be, so yeah. I'm not going you, to be surprised. You, you know that I'm not going to predict anything other than a Chelsea win. It would be, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less. But I don't, I, you know, it's going to be a really tough match for us. And I think, I think the other thing that worries me about it is, you know. Uh, sometimes close matches like this are are decided by who wants it more, you know. So we've got to really want it as well. So given all the things I've just said and the desire to go and win it, you know, I think we can edge it. But it'll be edge it. It'll be a one nil or a two one, you know. It won't. It'll be tight. It'll be tight. That's my prediction. Okay. And are you
0: getting up for the cricket in the morning?
1: Given that it starts at three forty-five, no. <laughs> uh, but I will. I thought of you actually. funny enough, so I was flicking through. I was, I was flicking, flicking through Sky to see when it started, and then I realised it's not on Sky. So uh, no, it's but, on there. Uh, yeah, but no, it's I will. I will yeah. be. I will be. And of course, the greatest man in the universe. I, I saw that you were uh, you interviewed him. I'm so jealous. Chris Wokes, the nicest man in cricket.
0: The nicest and and a massive Villa fan and. Yeah. and- and, he, and he's a lovely bloke. I've kept in touch with him since we've spoken. So it's a, it's it's been amazing. So, uh, yeah, it was a real pleasure to get him on. So, yeah. yeah. So, Chid, thank you very much pleasure for it, your time. Um, always love talking to you. Uh, any Villa fans that want anything, you know, Chelsea-related, please, please go and, and, and have a look at the Chelsea fan cast. A great bunch of guys. They really know their stuff, as, as Chid has proved tonight. So, yeah. Um, Thanks again, mate, and I'll see you tomorrow night when we I'll return the favour and I'll come and chat Villa on the Fancast.
1: You will indeed. I'm looking forward to that already, mate. Good to